Hello, WrestleFan. It's Quint Crystal. Hey, that's me. And today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Oh, yeah. Yellow again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. By golly, we are once again smack dab along ringside and ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. And Quentin, this episode's a spicy one. Yeah, it sure is. Oh. A little, little, little hot in the, uh, what's the, the gimmick on the food meter? <laughs> what? The gimmick on the food meter? Well, the, you, you know, they have the little gimmick of... Of, of the level of heat of, of the food, of the spiciness of the food. Skullville? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, I mean, well, well, we'll talk about that. It's not as hot as you would think. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Well, whatever. <laughs> All right, so we are doing, this is uh, the CWA Memphis TV show from November 21st, 1987. In Evansville, Indiana, feed some means it was taped in Memphis on November the fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. This is show number forty-six for us. We're winding on down, and uh, we talked a little bit before we went on air here uh, about some of the the ideas for some of the matches and stuff we're going to do uh, the new year. It's going to be good, folks. Good variety, good stuff. Big time variety, definitely. It's going to be, I, I'm really excited about it. And uh, after the few things we threw around today that we're going to do, it's going to be good. And, uh, uh, so, uh, can't wait for that. <laughs> I don't want the, I, mean, I like this and everything, but I think it's going to be really good. Because uh, we've got such a variety of what we can pick, for, pick from. And uh, it's going to be good. This is going to be exciting. New for me, too, because like it's a few things that we talked about I, you know, really didn't know about, so I'm really excited to actually learn learn and uh, broaden my horizons. So, all right, so we had the regular... Did you say something? No. Oh, okay. Uh, we had the regular opening, uh, Lance with the greeting, Dave with the, today's uh, lineup for the show. It's uh, He says, Bill Dundee, Jimmy Jack Funk, Hank... Man, Hank. Hangman, I said Hankman, <laughs> Hangman, Bobby Jaggers, Eight Man Tag, uh, Manny Fernandez, Hector Guerrero's music hits while they're sitting there at the opening. That was different. And out here they come for an interview. I don't think I've seen um, somebody's music hit during the, the opening. Have you? Yeah, I've seen right at the end of the, yeah, you know, we've seen right at the end of the opening some heels come out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, never a, a blatant, you know, interruption. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this was a fun one. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. I liked it. It was. Um, it's different, you know. Like I said, because they come, you know, they basically stopped them mid thing. They come out. Well, it's good because they're the basically they're the top heels. So, um, you know, it, it you know kind of makes sense. They're coming out and taking over. Uh, Hector comes out there. He's yapping around and talk. He's talking about. Uh, Basically, uh, talking about Taco Bell. Was he, did he say Taco John's or? Well, he said John's Taco, which pops me tremendously. But it's actually Taco John's, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> talking about they're not real Hispanic you, you, foods. You missed that Manny Fernandez said the Mexican connection is the only way to start the morning. Oh, did he? That's right, he did, didn't yeah. he? It's not Kellogg's. It's not Post. <laughs> I guess because the name's so crappy, I just overlook it. <laughs> hey, but they're 
putting it over. And Manny had some had more personality this week. Yeah, he did. He he was more. He wasn't the more just. Um, I'm coming. I'm gonna beat everybody up because I'm a big bully. He actually, yeah, he had a little personality to him this time. Yeah, he was fun. I've never seen Manny like that. You know what I mean? I think he realized. Okay, he's been in, he's been in Memphis a month now. He's like, all right, I got to do these Saturday morning TVs. How does everybody get through these Saturday morning TVs? Oh, we all smoke smoke a joint on the way to the TV studio. Okay, that's how you get through them. Well, not just that. Like, <laughs> you know, super serious, you know, leather chaps wearing Manny Fernandez <laughs> and hilarious Hector Guerrero. Yeah, Hector. He, he said that it. What did he, he said? He called, a, I guess, his girlfriend or wife. He called her a night. Some I couldn't. I around it a couple of times, but I couldn't understand what he actually called her. Because he said she made up some. Oh no no! I, it, it was ma, it was Mama Conchita. Conchita, okay. There yeah, you go. Mama Conchita's chili. Yeah, but it, it was salsa, then chili, then salsa, then chili. So which it was. I, yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, it got called salsa like twice and chili like three times. Here's what I want to talk about and why I said something about the Scoville. So they're putting over the chili so hot because of the green jalapeno. Well, um, man, we're in 2020. When was the jalapeno like this death pepper? Uh, up until late nineties, probably mid nineties. Well, I tell you, what, the death of the uh, jalapeno was when Papa John started putting them in their <laughs> pizza boxes. <laughs> like everyone just acts like it's so hot, and I'm like, it was back then because nobody, nobody in America, there was no company that would touch those hot, those you know, hot peppers, you know, the like the ghost pepper and the uh, yeah. all that stuff. American companies would not even come close to using this. Now it's the biggest thing, you know, ever. Well, what's hot. the hottest you've ever done? I'm not saying eating the, you know, just eating the pepper straight, but what's the hottest you've ever knowingly ate? I can't handle hot stuff. I don't eat anything hot. I can't eat uh, a jalapeno, dude. So, so, so your reaction would be similar to Lance's on the jalapeno. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And man, he sold that good, didn't he? Well, first he went out. First, he went out to the crowd. He had the bowl of sauce, had some chips. Went out to the crowd, and this had to be plants because, well, I don't know. Everybody didn't get sued for everything back then, so it might not have been. But it may have legit been spicy salsa. Huh? That may have legit been spicy salsa. Slash, you know, had some spice to it. I'm sure, but. Um, but those, cause those kids, that, those, dude, the kids look young. At first I was looking to see if it was Brian Christopher and Kevin, <laughs> and, um, uh, Kevin Christian, and I was like, no, it's not them. <laughs> cause I was thinking, I was like, cause I, you know, to go give something in the crowd, you know, but like I said, that nobody sued anybody hardly at all back then, so they didn't really care. So they might not have been plants. So they took the chip and they ate it and they come back and then Lance are getting, he act like he just... Uh, drunk gasoline or something. Yeah, <laughs> he sold it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you know, they, and they kept going back to you know the secrets of jalapeno, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, and they kept, I, they kept I, telling I Dave. A, I'm sorry, go I used to order it. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I used to order a ghost pepper burrito on the regular. Yeah, <laughs> but just um, then they kept asking Dave and to try and say no, no. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but like I said back then, man, it, it's totally different, totally different now. Yeah, jalapeno was like the, you know, it was the hottest thing because, you know. Can I tell a little, uh, little um, story real fast? Yeah. Okay. When I worked at Avis Car Rental in the early 90s, we had this guy, he was from Mexico. He'd been, he'd been in America for, oh gosh, pretty almost his, since he was a teenager. He was like in his 40s. His name was Leon. And uh, he had, he had, he'd bring these peppers, man. And he would always, he'd get people, you want a pepper? Yeah, I'm like, oh, no. This one guy we had, his name was Brian Smith. We called him Gump. Cause I swear he, he acted like Forrest Gump. He was, and I and I knew the kid growing up. Cause he lived across the street when I lived in Glabel. Anyway, I know long story short. Anyway, so he was there one day and he goes, "I'll take one of them peppers." And we're all look, we're at lunch and we're like, "Oh, you're in it. no." We're like, "Dude, don't." Oh, it can't be hot, man. He ate that pepper, and I guess because like I said, you know, back then jalapenos was the hottest thing anybody around had. These weren't just real hot. They just don't tell us what this was, but man. That he was he sweating, he was shaking. It was uh, we laughed. He ran to the bathroom. It was so funny, but because like I said, you know, even in the nineties, jalapenos was the hottest thing you could find. You did you did not find. I'm sure you could if you knew where to went. You know, go. You know. Yeah. But you know, just going and buying it at the store now. So. So that was the whole thing. Uh, I noticed it too. You know, they made it sound like it's the hottest thing ever. And um, but um, yeah. So yeah, Lance played it up really good. And um, oh, uh, so they go to the ring. I think. Oh no, we go to break. Oh, that's right. We do. That's and, right. And then we come back. And they and come back out again. Make another entrance. Yeah, that's right. I was like, yeah, because I put an episode. Go to break, and then they come back. For their um, match with another interest with music, but no graphic. This oh, was funny. We had to have La Bamba. <laughs> that music is horrible. Anyway, but did you notice this? When they got in the ring, Manny went over and, and jumped. Ken, okay, the first match is Manny Fernandez and Hector Guerrero against Jim Jameson and Ken Raper. Uh, Ken, Jim, uh, Ken, unfortunate last name. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Cahoon is the referee for all the matches today in the studio, but there's no graphic, and uh, Manny went over and jumped Ken Raper. Hector was taking his stuff off still. Did you see Jameson jump Hector? Well, so <laughs> you, you see that as funny. However, Hector did cause Jim Jameson to have that unfortunate haircut he's still rocking. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't the Blue Knight either. <laughs> No, no, we'll get to the blue night. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, y'all, yeah, I'm saying, it. yeah, you know, I laugh it up, but yeah, he should be mad because yeah, he did jacked his hair. <laughs> uh, and I, he he started firing up some punches. Yeah, he, know, fired he, up he, he was going to go until uh, he was going to go until Hector cut him off. Yeah, which wasn't long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, I mean, it was actually, you know, yeah, like I said, yeah, it's funny and everything, but it was good because yeah, he should be mad. And, uh, but it just, you always see Jim Jameson, you know, the, or in basically all the job guys just stand around till, the, till they get beat up, you know, get, they see him coming at them, they just stand there and let them jump them, you know, so it was actually, it was really pretty good that he actually was fired up, you know? Yeah, and then, but then they just murder him. Yeah. Uh, Manny does this gross suplex hooked DDT. 
Oh my gosh, he planted old boy, didn't he? Yeah, and so for what I'm talking about, guys, obviously, you know, like in a DDT, you hook the front face lock, just fall back. In a suplex, you hook the front face lock, hook their arm over your head, suplex, and boom. Uh, he just, he hooked him for a suplex and just fell back. Yeah, he was nasty, man. <laughs> Yeah. Like a Lance go, he just he just dropped him on his back of his head. I was like, his, he just drove his head in the mat. He's about two inches shorter now. I'm trying to figure out a safe way to do it. I don't know. If I can figure out a safe way to do that, you better believe. Oh, if you can find a safe way, that that would be awesome because that thing that was crazy looking. Uh, and then we we got and I don't know if this was a hot move at the time, but we get that uh, atomic leg drop. You know, it, it. I think that's about when it started getting there. And man, Jameson was. I guess Jameson didn't hear him to say "stay down" or whatever. Oh, or they didn't say. Or they, it. Yeah, or they or they didn't. Because he went to get up and they dropped him. <laughs> that was, I was like, ooh, that was a little brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of brutal, let's talk about this finish. That top rope leg drop was Dude. right across Jameson's jaw. You know, I, I watched the replay. Uh, knee drop, knee drop. I said leg drop. Yeah, I apologize. Knee, drop. knee drop. I watched that replay. I don't think it was stiff. No. Well, you know, so here's the thing. Like, uh, on the replay, uh, Fernandez definitely tried to pull it. He landed on his foot first. Yeah. But, like, there's, it turned his head. Yeah. So, like, it was, it was stiff. I'm not saying he murdered him. Yeah. Like, he didn't just, like, swish the guy's head like a watermelon. <laughs> so you think it was like, there? It just, but it wasn't. Yeah, well, it, it was the week before, and I, I think the difference is he th- he dropped it on his right the week before. Uh-huh. He dropped it on his left on this one. Well, you, you notice he went to go to the other turnbuckle, and he looked and see where, he saw where Hector slammed him, and then he went back to the one in their corner. Yeah. Um, so the one on the right was, like, on the chest, but still yeah. Felt it, but it wasn't like you know, just total tater, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he felt it, but but yeah, Manny, you could tell he he, he was trying to protect him much as he could. Yeah, and, and I mean that put Jameson away. Uh, kid, unfortunate last name, never had a chance to get in the ring. Yeah, he never got in the ring after the match started. So, and and I noticed. I know last week you said you didn't watch much of their match because you watched the interview. Um. The um, that match was really long. I guess they had to do it because of the interview, but it just seemed like this match was a lot shorter. They did less. And I'm just kind of wondering if Mandy's getting the idea of these Saturday morning matches with no pace suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying too hard. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the, he's doing. Well, I mean, they did they did Saturday morning in NWA for no pay. Yeah, but man, that check was good that they were getting. <laughs> yeah, I know. At the end of the week, check totally made up for it. Yeah, yeah get... you got that. You got your check from the office. You're like, wow. I think there's a couple. They're probably different, like some zero difference. There's some zero different. More. What's the word I'm looking for? Zero. There's extra zeros on those NWA checks. I there got you. you go. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. uh, my favorite line of this entire segment, as they're going to leave. Hector's still trying to get Lance and Dave to eat it. Yeah. And then they won't. 
And Hector goes, I ate your grits. You can at least eat my chili. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, folks, for still I, coughing. I don't know if if anything was meant by that, but that sounds filthy. <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of, you could take that different ways to mean different things. <laughs> and I'm wondering if it did have, if it probably had some inside to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't doubt it because Hector popped himself on the way out. He started laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think he probably had a little something to it. You know? Hey, I want to say this though. So after, so in that in that first interview, Hector and Manny didn't seem super heelish, right? They were they were pretty nice to Lance and Dave, and they gave stuff to the fans. The fans were cheering them during this match. Yeah, there were a lot of them was wanting to eat, the, wanting, wanting to try the, the salsa. Yeah. A lot of them. So, I mean, I've, yeah. Because they come out, like I said, because Mandy came out there more... Um, more lighthearted. Yeah, not more. just, you know. Yeah, Mandy's out there laughing and having a good time and jokes, too. Yeah, before he hadn't. He'd just been just serious, you know, tough guy Manny. But, but and Hector's so funny, how could you not laugh? Oh, dude, Hector grows so entertaining. Like, <laughs> I, I see so much Hector and Eddie. You do now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You, now you see where Hector, I mean, Eddie got it from. His Uncle Hector. Because, yeah, you do, man. I mean, I know I didn't see, I've never seen a lot of, what I've seen of Hector, if he's been a heel, mostly, like in Florida, and uh, Watts, him and Chavo, uh, but they were serious heels. Um, never saw a lot of Mondo at all. Hard to say any of Mondo. Um, hey man, I've got I've got a lot of Mondo uh, in that uh, that Gene LaBelle finishing holds book you gave me years ago. Oh yeah, he was the yeah he was his guy in the book. Yeah, cause see, got- Ma- see Mondo was out in California forever doing the. He uh, worked for the LaBelles, and he also, you know, did the stunt movie stuff, and, you know, and so he was with LaBelle with that stuff, so, you know, yeah, that's why he's in that book, because he was one of LaBelle's guys, you know? And I've got another one on the way. Another book? Yeah, or Judo Gene's site is still up. Oh, really? So I'm getting one of the other ones. Um, oh. they, they won't have any more in stock after January. Wow. But I hit them up, uh, guys. If you if you want that book, you need to go online on judogenelabelle.com to get it. Because if you're looking on Amazon or eBay, that book's hundreds of dollars. Huh? I've seen copies for 150, 200 bucks. Really? Yeah. You can't have the book back. <laughs> I'm glad I gave it to you because you you've probably got more use out of it than I did. Cause I got more use of it actually out of Chris's when I was training than I did after I bought that because that was pretty, I was on my way out when I got that you know. But I'm you know I, I never was in wrestling to make money you know or buy gimmicks to sell. You know what I'm saying? I just stuff like that. If I can give somebody something I bought that can help them in the business and help the business be better. I'd rather them had it than me. Yeah. 
that's the way I look at things. So, I'm oh, I, I appreciate it. And trust me, it gets used a lot at school. Good. That's good. It, uh, it's, it's got some stuff in there is little, you, you know. You oh, really, there's some comedy. It's hilarious. Yeah, I think, I think Gene did that just to, you know, to tickle the boys, you know, on some of it. And, that's uh, not a dirtier than he meant it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like I said, we used it at Chris's school for a little while. You know, we did it like a month of it, of some of the stuff in there, which was really, you know, it's some good. There's some good stuff in there to. It's really good. It's a good thing to learn. It's it's really good, good stuff. You might never use it. I don't think I ever used any of it. Uh, well, I think I did. I used that on. Was it Chuck Taylor or Jeremy Travis? When they wouldn't listen to me that night in Madison, Tennessee. I don't know. That's one of them. Anyway, that's probably the only time I ever used anything out of the book on somebody. <laughs> anyway. I, I don't use it for that. I use it to find ways to work the moves so it looks like I know how to wrestle. <laughs> uh, maybe I should have did that. Maybe I would have got, got booked other places. <laughs> Okay. I, I, so, I, just, I, I can't. I can't flip and fly. So I'm like, hey, look, I do cute wrestling holds. Cheer for me. Yeah. Buy a t-shirt. There you go. All right. We went like thirty <laughs> acres off the off the plantation here. Well, we can bring it back with the Evansville card. Okay. So they cut the break and they go to Lance with the uh, Wednesday night, November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven, Evansville, Indiana card from the Evansville Coliseum. Uh, we don't get the whole card. He, and he talks about, uh, he just mentions, let's see, one, two, three, four. He mentions four of the, what, six matches? I believe, yeah. I believe six. And he mentions uh, Rockers versus RPMs. Tommy Lane's Lincoln is put up. Um, Jeff Jarrett against Jimmy Jack Funk. Bill Dundee versus Hector Guerrero. And Patanak and Paul Diamond versus King Carl Fergie, Don Bass, the loser of the fall leaves town. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Because um, it's not the team, it's the fall. So that, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, they got Fergie, Bass, and Prince come in with the match plug. Uh, Don Bass, <laughs> he had his shirt on. I loved it. Oh, uh, yeah, his sweet red airbrush Don Bass t-shirt. I, I, I pay more attention to what the guys were wearing. Yeah, because yeah, like we we say, you know, there's not much of these match plugs, uh, but yeah, what they're wearing usually. And he he got the shirt on. He slams his hat down. It's basically the highlight of it. Fergie's got his cape, crown, and blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they cut these these promos after they work, so he's probably like, oh, piss! I forgot. We gotta, we gotta do these. Evansville. Well, they do them for Evansville, Nashville, of the loop, so. And in my mind, like, that's not the same shirt. Don Bass just has seven of the same shirt. <laughs> he has a whole, a whole plethora of them. Well, he's got that. He's got the bad guy shirt. Yeah, I like that one. You know what? I know his daughter's on Facebook. I'm going to ask her if I have her permission to get a Don Bass shirt made. I would love to have one. Because I'm a big mark for Don Bass. That'd be over. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, let's see. All right, so they cut back to the studio. 
Out comes Bill Dundee for an interview with Lance. Um, he talks about getting his green card and all this and that. Ain't this the same interview he did like three or four months ago? Uh, it's very similar. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's great how he's talking about how he's proud to be an American, but he's got this like Australian Christmas sweater on. I've seen that. It has like Australia on it, and it's. <laughs> I was like, where did he get that at? Uh, but you know, uh, did you hear what he said though? <laughs> He's talking uh, about, about Paul Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, so Paul Hogan stole his name, so name made seventy million dollars off of. Yeah, he made all this money off. Of <laughs> yeah, that was what the thing I know. He was like. He stole my name and he's making all this money. <laughs> did he mention him back before that? Or oh, yeah. Oh, no, he, I'm sorry, he didn't. No, that's Jordan right. Barnes, uh, did. Barnes did, right. Yeah, Barnes did. Um, and this promo really just turned into what anybody says when you just screw with their politics. If you don't like it, leave it. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of that. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he just repeated himself over and over. Yeah, yeah, it was. It uh, I'm much. Australian, but I'm a proud American. Yeah. I'm Australian, but I'm proud. It was, it was, yeah, it was annoying. Yeah, they turned to go and give us two. They said, "Go and give us two minutes," and he was like, "I ain't got two minutes, but I'll just do what I can do." So we got the second match today. It's Bill Dundee gets Keith Eric. Um, so Keith Eric starts and he jumps Dundee. Gets about five seconds of heat on him. And Dundee just no sales a headbutt. <laughs> I was like, dang, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you give him five seconds of heat because he's about to just destroy him. Like, not even hit his finish. Dude. Shoot off, clothesline, knee drop. Before that, did you see that? He just started punching him. There were some taters. And the elbow, I rewound this like four or five times. He went gave him that elbow. He didn't give it to the top of the head. Right in the mush, dude. Right on his face. Dundee can't reach the top of his head. <laughs> I, I actually didn't say that to be funny. I was just saying it to be legitimate. Oh, gosh. You know I'm still coughing, man, from uh, the coronavirus. I, can't... I, I, I legit didn't say that to be funny. <laughs> I know, but it is funny, though. So I can laugh because I'm short. So I can laugh at short. I can laugh at short jokes. I can laugh at fat jokes because I'm both. Um, Dundee's like 5'2". <laughs> no, he's not. All right, 5'7". He's 5'7 with boots on. Yeah, yeah, no, I was saying with boots. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Eric's like 6'1". Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he hits him with uh, um, a, a standing clothesline. Then, a, uh, I mean, he's with clothes on. Then he's with a standing knee drop. I guess he said, I ain't doing like Manny. I ain't going to the top. <laughs> he just stands over and drops a knee on him. He, he's doing what the, uh, the old brothers used to do. Oh, yeah, you got to come off the top of the finish. I just stand here. Yeah. <laughs> that means mine's better. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the, the, the standing knee drop was the, was the, um, was what, pending. Um. While this was going on, Hector came out and started talking while this little short match happened um, on the mic. Um, so then Manny comes out. Dundee, he pretty much no-sells him, looks at him walk, and starts to go to walk in the back. 
Hector tells him to come on back out. And uh, so then they come out there, and then they just go back and forth, uh, uh, talking back and forth, verbal, verbal sparring, whatever you want to call it. Um, he called him Crookedale Dundee again. <laughs> That's I guess he's doing that on purpose. You think so? No, guarantee. Okay. I didn't know if it was just. <laughs> um, so they go back and forth. Finally, Dundee did the. I think this is like the tenth time he said it in this segment. If, if you don't like it, leave it. He goes to walk off, and uh, Manny taps him on the shoulder. He turns around, and wha bam! There goes the hot sauce right in the face. Hot, I mean, um, salsa, chili, whatever it was. <laughs> Some spicy dish. Yeah, and Dundee uh, sold it good. Dundee sold well. Uh, Randy Hills and Eddie Marley came out to help Dundee to the back. Like, no, this is this is well done. Yeah, it was. Dundee sold it good. Um, as much as we want to uh, talk about Dundee's not selling for people and stuff, he sold the crap out of this. So, yeah, Marlin comes out, Hills comes out to help him back. Uh, so they cut the break. Um, but, yeah, this they did the same angle in Ron Fuller's USA promotion out of uh, Knoxville in 1988. Uh, but they did it with Todd Morton and Hector. It was really good stuff. Um, well, Dundee was booking, so they basically the same angle. Um, so they go to the this is the uh, second of the Evansville um, inserts for uh, 11, 11. <laughs> November 25th, 1987. Uh, he plugged some upcoming spot shows uh, in December. He don't give the date. He just says Thursday in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, Friday, December 11th in Madisonville, Kentucky. And then Thursday, December 17th in uh, uh, Morganfield, Kentucky. I forgot to look up and see where Morganfield is. I want, I think it's on in between... Uh, I think it's west of Central City. So... I think I was gonna look it up. See where it was, but it's in that that area of like Central City, in between Central City, basically in between Madisonville and Central City. That area, I think that's where Morgan Fields at. Uh, so they give us the whole card. You want to run down the whole card for us? Uh, sure will. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. What were you uh, saying? I was, look, I, was, I was looking up Morgan Fields. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Uh, which I'm trying to find a. I want to say it's in that area, because I remember when I used to work Central City in the uh, mid-90s, I think I remember seeing that sign on one of those parkways back there. Uh, this is, man, this is up, so it looks like Evansville's to the northeast, and then... Uh, the closest thing I can see to it past that's KD's. Okay, so is it near? Is it near like in between? Oh, it, it, it's a, uh, right out about the tri-states area. It looks like. So it's up. It's further north than Central City. Yeah, so so it's the it, it's in the uh, the north western tip of Kentucky. Wow, I was way off. So I remember I used to back. And why you should go to Central City in the like Henderson's not far from it. I okay, mean, well that's way up there. Yeah, I was. Marion, Illinois. Okay, wow. Well, I was way off. 
Oh, there was a uh, something field. I'm sorry, Marion, Kentucky. <laughs> there was a something field in that area. So I remember seeing the sign because back then, Kentucky was all tow roads. And um, and you had to look at make sure you look at those signs for your town because if you missed your tow, get off the tow road, you're screwed. I did that one night going to Central City. I missed the to get off the tow road and then had to um, go up and get off another road come back down, get back on the tow road, pay again to get on the tow road, toll road, and yeah, so I remember seeing, there was some some kind of field in that area around Central City, I remember seeing it, so I guess that wasn't Morgan Field then, anyway, so go ahead, <laughs> sorry about that, we did, gosh, we're just getting so far off everything tonight, so. <laughs> All right, so opening the card, we've got Tijo Khan versus Brian Knobs. International heavyweight title match. Manny Fernandez defends against Jerry Sags. Loser of the fall leaves town. Bad company versus Don Bass and Carl Fergie with the Prince. Superstar Bill Dundee versus Hector Guerrero. Jeff Jarrett versus Jimmy Jack Bump. And a Southern Tag Team title match. The Midnight Rockers versus the Rock and Roll RPMs. Tommy Lane's car on the line. Yep. All right, I got wrote a few notes down. Um, no, there's no Lawler on this card. No Billy Travis, and no Bubba. Remember they brought Bubba back last week, and then he wasn't on this card. Kind of, kind of odd. So more Travis, more odd Travis and Bubba not on than Lawler, because Lawler, you know, he takes breaks. But but especially them bringing Bubba back last week, do you think that's kind of odd? Yeah, that was very odd. Yeah, they made that big deal to bring him back and. At least they could. I figured they would have had a match with him like against the Prince or something, you know. So, so who's Tijo Khan? Uh, I don't know personally who he was. I mean, per, I mean who he's. You know, I only remember him coming in NWA. He was part of Paul Jones's army. You know how Paul Jones had that misfit army. Yep. Okay, he was part of that, and then he went to um, Memphis for a while and went to AWA. That's all I really remember him, and I don't. He might have wrestled somebody before that. I don't know. Had a really good body on him. Um, I can't remember how he wrestled. You know, if he actually really could work or anything, because I just don't. But if you get on the internet, which you can't believe what people say, they he's one of those guys that they put down. Said you know he was horrible and all this and that, and you know, I don't know. He, he worked NWA, so you know. And usually, if you're a heel, you had to be work a little, be able to work a little bit in that time frame. So I don't know. Um, he had a good gimmick. I thought I loved his gimmick. Uh, but you never seen him before. You never seen a picture of him. Uh, I just looked him up, and now that I see him, I have. It looks like uh, he portrayed an Asian savage, despite being a white guy. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think about it? How many guys? You know, we've had some. Um, Mongolian Stomper. He really didn't look like he's from Mongolia. Um, oh, I was just reading the first thing that popped up online. Oh, Mongolian Mauler, Peter R. Miller. He didn't look Mongolian, but he looked cool because he had the black eyes. He's the first person to wear. I can remember ever wearing contacts in the room. I, I know where I've seen him now. Who? Tijo Khan. Where? Uh, he was in Body Slam. I think so, yeah. Do you he so? Yeah, he was. He was Barbarian Saggy partner. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. But yeah, the first time I remember he was uh, 
in NWA. Like I said, he might have worked other places before that as something else. Uh, but I don't, it's T.J. O'Connell, I think I can really remember, is seen on NWA and Paul Jones's Army. And um, and then, like I said, he worked for Memphis a little bit and then AWA a little bit in the dying days, too. So after that, I don't know. Did he go to New York? Basically, I, just, I, don't, I don't see anything. Okay, because for some reason I thought I was remembering seeing him on New York just getting jobbed out. I could be thinking of somebody else. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything uh, about him being up there. Yeah, he might not have then. But for some reason I just thought, I may, might be thinking of somebody else that went up there and got jobbed out. Uh, probably so. Oh, yeah, that card looks good. Uh, like I said, the interesting thing is that loser of the fall. Um... Uh, is you know it's um, that's gonna be interesting and the um, the Tommy Lane's um, Lincoln <laughs> for grabs. So they go back to the studio and Dave is standing to interview the Rockers. That was kind of odd. And there's no Lance. Uh, they start talking about the RPMs, how they took their belts, they took their money, they took the ring, and now they're gonna take their Lincoln. Uh, then Dave pitches it to Lance, who's outside in the parking lot with the RPMs. This was a neat little thing, I thought. Different. Yeah, yeah, something different. The RPMs are armed with uh, with ball bats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, Lance says something. What did he say? I didn't catch it, I bet. Whoa. And I died laughing. He said, I see you got these ball bats to beat off your fans with. Yes! <laughs> I did see her that, yes. <laughs> oh, Lancer. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's kind of... <laughs> yeah, I don't think he realized what he was saying when he said it. <laughs> um, and then so the Rock, so they, they talk about... <laughs> Tommy Lane goes, you took our belt, you took my money, you took my old lady's ring. I thought he ditched the old lady. <laughs> Well, you know, they uh, they reconciled. They, they, they made up, huh? <laughs> uh, you, you took my old lady's ring, so you ain't going to take my car. And then they talked about, said, if something happens where you do beat us, we're going to take these baseball bats to this car. We're going to beat it up, basically. So they say, well, then Tommy, uh, Mike Davis starts talking. That's the most Tommy Lane's talked, I think, in one time. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Mike Davis says some stuff, and then they get in the car, and they, they leave. They say, so so Dave pitches it back, uh, Lance pitches it back to Dave. Uh, Rocker says that if the RPMs, dam if they win and they damage that car, that they said they were going to call the police or something. <laughs> what they said? Yeah, they were sent to jail. Yeah, they're going to send them to jail because that's their car then. <laughs> and um, I thought that was kind of tacky, didn't you? Well, I mean, because that's how a bill of sale works or changing of the title. What didn't they say they was gonna give it away to? At the end, didn't Shawn Michaels yeah. say? I don't think that was in the. <laughs> you know, because you, you know that's uh, either it's Eddie Marlins or it's either, it's either Eddie Marlins, Randy Hales, Bill Dundee's, Jerry Lawler's, or Jerry Jarrett's Lincolns. They all drove Lincolns. So it was one of those Lincolns. Better help the RPMs win. Huh. They better help the RPMs. They're win. probably like, we didn't tell them to say that. 
Oh my gosh, what if something happens and they don't kick out? <laughs> they gotta give our car away. <laughs> oh man, better be a good house. <laughs> okay. But yeah, anyway, so they come back. So Dave, uh, they leave and Dave throws it to the video of the poster. We got it, you got it wrong and I got it wrong too. It's snakeskin boots, faded jeans. We said just, we thought it said boots and jeans. It's snakeskin boots, faded jeans. Broad shoulders. <laughs> Blonde hair. Now that's a poster. And you're right, it was only 10 bucks. Man. Yeah, and it's got the some sweet, uh, sexy tax music in the back. <laughs> I wonder how many they sold. I bet they sold quite a few, I bet. For ten bucks, I think Jeff needs to bring them back. As in then, or how he looks now? <laughs> no, I don't think he should reshoot the poster. <laughs> I just think he should start reselling them. Okay, oh, I got you. Because <laughs> I don't know what would it be now. If we did it now, what would it be? <laughs> Does he wear boots still? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> well, I guess it'll be. Snake skin boots. Comfortable tennis shoes. Khaki dockers. <laughs> Polo shirt. Sweet handlebar mustache. <laughs> wow, what a poster. <laughs> I think he's still got the handlebar. I don't know. It might be full goatee now. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I say you took how many guitar shots have you took from him? Two. Yeah, two. Yeah, you know, man. Well, no, technically one. Um, I, I took one at a show. And you took and one at the sounds game. Yeah, but he handed the guitar to the uh, to the mascot. Oh, the mascot hit you at the one at the, the, the National Sounds game? Yeah. <laughs> did he did he get the rim of the guitar on your head? No, that part was okay. Well, gotcha. Um, whoever gimmicked the guitar didn't talk to Jeff first. So Jeff don't gimmick his own guitars? No. That's, ah, I wouldn't be doing, taking a shot from somebody, I don't know who's gimmicked it. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had the important parts out, but it was just a little snugger than most. <laughs> oh, man. But you know, man, you've actually done a lot of stuff that people don't realize. Oh, dude, that's one of the highlights of my career, is getting taken a guitar shot from Jeff. I mean, you took a shot, a guitar shot at a National Sounds game. That's sweet, too. I wanted to keep the uniform. Did they let you? No. Who? What team was it for? Uh, Storm Chasers, Omaha, I think. Oh, that's all. Man, they, did you get a payoff? I got a little something. That's okay. crazy. I was say, if you did, Here's what you... I really wanted. I really wanted the black and orange sound shirts. They had made one for Jeff. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I don't even need have to have my name on it. <laughs> you told them, can I get that to the payoff? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um, then didn't you do one? The second one was that the I mean well actually been the first. Now wasn't that at the uh Music City Bowl private show? 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, for uh, who, who were who who was playing Kentucky, and they were also the Wildcats. Um, I forgot who they played in that Music City Bowl. Kansas but State. They, maybe they, the other team was also the Wildcats. I know that Arizona. No, I think it might, might have been Kansas State. I, it wasn't Arizona, no. but yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, that was cool too. And then you've been on. I mean, you, oh God, you, this, this is not a podcast about me. What are you I doing? Know, you know, I'm sitting thinking, man. You know, <laughs> you've really done a lot of stuff people don't realize. You know, you just ain't really no, just some old schmo like I was. I mean, you really. Oh, did, shush. You really did some stuff, man. You know. All right. Enough stroking your ego. Where were we at? Yeah, that got that got, that got weird. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> hey. We need to make you a poster. <laughs> Way to bring it back. <laughs> so they did the poster. They said, uh, 10 bucks, man, that's not bad for a poster. Because I mean, if you ever went to, I mean, posters at the time, that's about the going rate. All right, so uh, back with Lance, out comes Jimmy Jack Funk. He has the Mid America belt today, but Lance says that he lost that belt to Jeff during the match. He's not the champion anymore. And um, so he's saying that he didn't beat him and all this and that. Basically him just yelling and saying, Jeff, was there something I missed besides the normal? (laughs) Not really, but I think somebody told him, hey, your Terry impression is okay. But (laughs) if you really want to sound like Terry Funk in Memphis, you got to say sissy. Yeah, yeah. He said sissy 412 times. Yeah, he said sissy at least Four to five times at least. Sissy boy and sissy and all that. That so, sissy didn't beat me. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to say, that Jeff Jarrett's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got the third match today. It's Jimmy Jack Funk and it's John Paul. And it seemed like everything, it seemed like all the hills are jumping everybody at the end of the match. It's Jimmy Jack Funk jumps. John Paul starts to heat. Hits him with a spin, uh, uh, that spinning power slam, which I think that looks pretty cool for the win. Yeah. It was, what, about 27 seconds or something, the match? Yeah, like 27, 33, I don't know. They, they set a time, and it didn't seem right to me, so I think Dave's starting as soon as they start heading toward the ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, out comes, so he goes back, out comes Eddie Marlin with Jeff Jarrett. And Martin says, if Funk doesn't come up there right now, bring that belt out here. He, in, in one minute, he's going to suspend him. Uh, so then Jeff goes over and starts talking about winning the match. Uh, and he got hit from behind. He got hit and he woke up and he didn't have the belt. Uh, basically, was basically it. Uh, Jimmy Jack Funk comes out and he's selling heat, blah, blah. He's. Yelling, screaming, complaining. Uh, basically, he 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 says there's the 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 line, he gives it, he says the Iggy line the hit Marlon with the belt. But I can't remember what he said. Yeah. Oh, so you want this belt? You darn right I do. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Hits with the belt. Now this is what I didn't like. So he, so Jarrett turns and goes to hit Funk. He hits Funk, and Funk hits Jarrett with a knee lift, and Jeff acts like he's been shot. It was a knee lift. I thought he hit him with the, the cowbell. 
I rewound it like twice to make sure he hit him with a knee lift. I mean, surprise knee to the gut, bro. Well, what about the surprise hit Jared hit him with when he hit Marlon? After he hit Marlon. Yeah, he's a funk. He doesn't feel pain. <laughs> I just thought I, I'd be better if he would hit turn and hit him with the cowbell, I think. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. Yeah, so, I, and then he goes to hit him with a cowbell at one point and just like wraps the rope around him. Yeah. So he beats on him a little bit, throws him in the ring. This is it where got, this got weird. It got I, something got totally messed up here. So this is what I saw. So boom, boom, boom. And I think Funk's trying to throw the noose over the rafters so yeah. he could like yeah. up hang him and he couldn't do it. Well, he threw it up once and it came down. He went. He threw it up again, and he hooked it. It was like you said, the rafters or, or on the um, lighting rig they got there, and it it, it, wrapped, it did hang. But if you notice, he had like two miles of rope. And it yeah, was like, there's no way. His cowbell's rope is super, super, duper long. Yeah, it's like there's no way he's gonna be able to hang him. Um. He's going to have to walk properly out of the studio, you know. Well, to, no, not really. All he would have to do is, like, pull it down until it's tight and then pull. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, why didn't he do that then? Um, because... He panicked? You think he panicked? Well, no, because somebody at ringside iggied him, because if you notice, Funk puts him in the tree of woe, and then somebody hands him a shorter noose. Yeah, somebody... Oh, he sees an arm. And I'm thinking, it had to be... Um, uh, Jaggers, because they they've been teaming, they've been together, and I was like, well, why don't they put? Why didn't Jagger stay out there? I was like, well, because the heat needs to stay on Funk alone. That's why he didn't. But he came out there to help him. So yeah, somebody, I guess what he did. I, 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 I thought it was Guy Coffee, and he's like, here, man, I forgot you forgot this. <laughs> <laughs> or Sam Lowe, the photographer, sits over in the corner. Hey, uh, yeah. If, they, they told me to give you this. You, yeah. um, I said you need the shorter one. Yeah. So, yeah, it, so, I, now I think, like you say, actually he could have went and just pulled, yeah. I, did, he, did he panic, maybe? Well, my, my guess also may be. Um, if it went around the light rig, they thought it might have broke it, would break it. But what they thought yeah, about that, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking is that it didn't go around the actual... The part they like, wanted the, it to. The, the rafter, it went around the lighting rig. Yeah. And, you know, Lance is probably like, no. I bet that's what it was. I bet he couldn't get around the rafter and it went around the lighting rig on that second throw. And he realized, I can't hang him from this. I bet money that's what it was. I bet money on it. And uh, they uh, improvised. Hey, but I'll say this. The trio woe hanging looked really cool. Yeah, because you know, you don't see it like, you don't see that. Yeah, and like, and he put some torque on Jeff, so Jeff was actually like, not full, not full horizontal, but he was, you know. Oh, it looked good. It looked really yeah, good. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about this, this took forever, right? Where was the babyface making the save? My thing is, shouldn't they have had Jaggers and somebody else come there and hold the heel, the babyface doors? Because this took forever. I mean, maybe they were, and they only said anything about it because, like, Marlon tried to make the save. Yeah, Marlon. He he came in. He got hit. He, um, he gets back on Jeff. 
And it was good too because he kept trying to get up and kept like yeah. crawling up. Yeah, Marlon he crawled up that last time. Yeah, last time he crawled up and he then then, then finally Jagger hit him with the cowbell on the third third time. Um, but nobody because they you could see they just come out busting out through the doors. There was no heels there to st uh, holding the doors. Here's my thing. Uh, see, they stooged it off. They out they don't think about this. They started doing these back um, stage interviews. They've stooged themselves off that that babyface dressing room is right there. You know? It ain't yeah. like it's on the other side of the studio because they've been doing them stupid interviews and Billy Travis sitting in the, the doorway showing everybody that's where the dressing room's at. So I think that, you know, or am I looking too much into it? <laughs> Too much into it. I still think they should have had some heels hold the doors because it, it that whole segment from the time you know it went for it was long. They I think that's the only I mean it was really really good. Um, he hung Jeff really good on the tree of woe on the other corner. Uh, the tree of Joey Lawrence, huh? The tree of Joey Lawrence. Ah, I just got that. Whoa, uh, that's a good one. Um, so but it took so long to do all that. There should have they so they needed somebody holding the door, but besides that, it was everything else I thought was really really good. Marlon got color, he was juiced. Um, which you usually don't see the promoter getting juiced, you know? That was good. Yeah, I mean, Lance and Dave were in, even in the ring check on Jeff, yeah, so that, finally, that was super good. Yeah, finally, the Bay Faces bust through, and it was uh, Paul Dunn, Pat Tanaka, the Rockers, uh, Ken Raper, um. Jim Jamison, Big Lou Winston, John Paul, basically everybody, almost everybody, almost all the whole baby faces bust through. Everybody except for Dundee, basically. And, uh, yeah, and they were all checking on Eddie Marlin, and it was good. It was really good. Um, some good heat, because that crowd was hot. Yeah. Well, the crowd was hot for the rest of the show. Yeah. Oh, because it's still, yeah, it's, it's, this was really good. Um, we're getting up. Up to about 55, so we're going to take a little break. And uh, we'll be right back, folks. Hello, wrestling fans. It's about that time of year. What time of year is that? Christmas time. And if you have a wrestling fan on your Christmas list, the best place to go is crowbarpress.com. Scott Till has books, DVDs, pictures, posters, of the wrestling cards from arenas and big uh, the big shows through the years of wrestling, if there, he's got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, he even has some stuff. I'm on on some of the DVDs, so you know if I'm on some DVDs, he's got limitless supply of things. What do you think about it, JP? Well, I think for sure the, the biggest things and the, the hottest things that are coming to put Crowbar Press already on the site is the book that has been more than two decades in the make, Raising Kane, from Jimmy Alt to Kid McCoy, uh, the autobiography of Frankie Kane with Scott Teal. And this is what, part one, you said? Yeah, it's going to be two parts the way he was talking. And then actually dropping on Crowbar Press tomorrow, Master of the Ring. The biography of Buddy Nature Boy Rogers. That drops tomorrow, December 4th. So as you're listening to this, today, 
So go to crowbarpress.com and pick that up. And the reason I say that specifically tomorrow or soon is because right now, Crowbar Press has discount titles, a 50% off sale. You get 50% discount on three of our book titles with the purchase of two books at regular price. Sounds like a deal to me. And yeah, say, sounds like what I'm going to be spending some of my paycheck on this week. Yeah, it's get on there and look around because his older books, he's got some older books that are very good. Um, one that uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about on online, uh, on different uh, Facebook pages, is how good the J.J. Dillon book is. Wrestlers are like seagulls. Yeah. They, they, everybody I've seen it since that they've bought it, they said they've really, really enjoyed it. It was a really good book. Um, and if, if you're a wrestling historian, uh, one definite book you have to get is Hooker by Luthez. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people say it's out of print. I thought it was out of print, um, but they're, I said, it's, no, they're not originals, I'm sure, because, um, because I, I don't think there was any originals left that, you know, that nobody, unless they're selling them on eBay, that somebody bought years ago. But, uh, yeah, that book, um, let's, I mean, what do you say? It's Luthez. I mean, come on. I mean, and uh, so, so I mean, you can imagine the man worked, you know, he was the top guy for NWA forever. So you imagine the stories are in that book. So, uh, and as well, um, they also have the annotated Fall Guys, the Barnums of Bounce by Marcus Griffith, annotated by Steve Yogi and Scott Teal. That's another book I've seen a lot of people uh, online talk about how uh, they really enjoyed it. Like I said that all of Scott's books, I've never seen anybody uh, say anything that his books weren't any good. That they were all uh, all really good. And, and what you know, I know Scott personally. Um, yeah, I don't know him really, really, really good, but um, the man, he does, he really puts time into these books. Uh, he really goes deep, researches, and he, I mean, he, he just doesn't throw them together. Um, everybody, you know, is, like I said, everybody has, has bought his books, they're, you know, they say they're just, you know, it's top notch. And I know, you know, like I said, personally, I know he puts all, he puts hours. I mean, like, you know, I said the Frankie Kane book, he's been working on for, you know, two decades. And, and um, so if you're really a wrestling fan, old school wrestling fan, uh, these books would be a great gift for yourself or somebody else, you know. But um, go, go, uh, go over to crowbarpress.com. Show Scott Teal some love, um, and I'm, I, I guarantee you'll find something for yourself and that wrestling fan on your list. All right, we're back to the Territorial Wrestling Wrestling Review, and I have no idea where we, oh, we left off on the Jimmy Jack Funk, Jeff Jarrett hanging. That's where we left off. All right. I didn't turn my page. Oh, yeah, I did. I just picked... Well, no, I did. I do this every week. When I take a break to go use the facilitize, I put my stacks of uh, notes together, and I got to go back and figure out which ones 
gum it. I hate when I do this. Okay, that's page three. Okay. I know, professional, right? <laughs> hey, you don't have to pay to listen to this, so you get what you get, you know? <laughs> All right. So, uh, so they cut the break. Uh, they come back break. Uh, Lance and Dave are at the desk. Uh, Bobby Jaggers comes out with Nate the Rat. That was really odd. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it was. I, I don't know if they think Jaggers needs a heater or what, but I, he's I'm, doing fine on his own. That's what I was saying. The man can talk his butt off. His work's there. What the crap? I he, mean, so Memphis has always been a manager territory. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they have had one here a little while. That's true, but Nate the Rat... He's I been, mean, it may have either been him or uh, Boss Winters. They've been coming out with job guys, so why would you put your Southern heavyweight champion, which he which he must have beat Lawler uh, in that that match from last week. So why would you put a job guy manager with your top champion in the promotion? And that and that champion can talk and do everything. He don't need don't need a somebody. It's just really really odd. Yeah. I mean, hey man, the manager might finally have made a good deal and he's on the way up. But later in the show, we see not so much. That's what I did. That's what really made. Because at first I was like, okay, he hasn't traded in the tag team yet. <laughs> My whole thing was just like, I was just like, you know, hey, maybe they are going to push him, you know, since Bruno's gone, and, you know, the Prince just has Fergie and Bass, so maybe they need another, um, you know, they need a heel manager, and I said, well, maybe they're actually going to give him a, because you know, Boss Warner's been there a lot longer, he's only been there a few weeks, so I'm thinking, maybe they're actually going to do something with him, then, you know, 30 minutes later, he's coming out with job guys, I'm like, that, I don't know. Anyway, so it's the um, fourth match of the day. It's Bobby Jaggers against Fraser Thompson. Uh, Lance leaves the desk to go check on Jeff Jarrett. So Dave's going to do does the whole match, uh, calling the match for himself. But the match don't go long. Um, he gets Fraser two short on clotheslines. Uh, then he hits him with a clothesline for the win. That's about it, wasn't it? Yep, twenty nine seconds. Yeah, about three. It was three clotheslines. I my thing is. I think that short arm clothesline should be his finish. Because it look, I think it looks a lot better than his regular clothesline. Well, I mean, every every Texas guy just throws a lariat. So I'm sorry, his lariat. <laughs> but, no, I I agree on the short arm clothesline because it looks good, and I and he he's not you know Stan Hansen and these you know the guys. He's actually you can tell he's working his when he you know the clothesline for the finish or lariat for the finish. So, the short arm looks so much better, you know, because he's not no, killing. I agree 100%. Yeah, because he's not, you know, if he was killing them like Hanson did, <laughs> it'd be a different story, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just wish he would switch that around. But, um, um, he didn't even talk on the mic this week. That was odd, because after the match. No, 29 seconds of work and left. Yeah. Um, I guess he's ready to get to Nashville, I guess. <laughs> 
He's like, I ain't got time to do So then, uh, so him and Nate the Rat left. Um, so yeah, so we had like three matches, and we had four matches. Three of the matches have been under, like thirty seconds and under. <laughs> so that's uh, it's one of those days, I guess. So they cut the break. Uh, it's the uh, last Evansville card rundown. Uh, Paul Diamond comes in for the match plug. I didn't write nothing down because, like I said, it's but it's kind of odd. It was him and um, um, no Pat Tanaka. Pat Tanaka. Paul Diamond's looking huge. You know. My whole thing is I always talk about how Memphis didn't pay. Back in the eighties, steroids wasn't so easy to get. You had to, and she had to pay more for him, unless he just had the best hookup in the world. He's a he is a monster, dude. Yeah, he looked. I mean, the the outfit helped him too because he had the uh, you know the tank top with a sleeveless necklace sweatshirt over but man he's just yeah he looks he has no neck he's he's looking jacked yeah he's just i mean uh usually guys come into memphis looking good but and after you know six months they don't he's look he's been there almost two years and he's getting looks like he keeps getting better and better every month you know yeah <laughs> it's crazy all right so cut uh, go back to the studio for the big eight-man tag. The graphic says eight-man tag. Um, hold on. I'll let you take this. I'm about to cough. I'll let you take who's in this. <laughs> All right. So we've got the eight-man tag team of the executioners who come to the ring and executioner hoods over their grappler masks. Yeah, but they, the hoods are pointed. So they look like black clan hoods. Um, <laughs> I was have, looking... I didn't even cut you off. I didn't even cut you off, but... No, you're good. Okay, I, I was looking at it, and I was figuring out, what are they... I was trying to figure out what they look like. I was like, those don't look right. They look... Something ain't right about these. That's they, what they were too tall and pointy. They, yes. They like, hoods have been dyed black. That's exactly uh, what they look... Because I, I was looking, I was like, those don't look right. <laughs> Dang. And then we have the Blue Knight, who... By comparison to everyone in the match, I think he's about 5'7". Yeah, he's like really he looks, short. He looks like a chubby child. <laughs> and we have Keith Erickson, who's Keith Erickson, and Nate the Rat, versus the Midnight Rocker. Shot Hold on. Oh, yeah, what? You said Keith Erickson. Keith Roberson, I'm sorry. Who's Keith Erickson? <laughs> I don't know. Just combine them, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it that's her love, that's oh. her love child. Who? Keith Eric and Keith Roberson. That's her love child. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Go ahead. You got the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels, Marty Gennetti, uh, versus and Bad Company, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. Um, I would much rather see the Rockers versus Bad Company. Exactly. Exactly. This was a, um, what's that? I can never say the word right. Expiration of time match. Yeah, and I looked on the, I looked at the, see what the uh, timer was on. It was like thirty something. I was like, hold on, thirty something. There's no way. 
th- this match like had 20 minutes to kill. They didn't, thank God, because it went on long enough. It went over 10 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it was all shine, shine, shine. And actually, Shawn, Shawn Michaels took two little short heats from him. Sure, yeah, well, it's like almost everybody took a little something just to come back up, right? So the match was so long, and they couldn't do a believable thing because of the guys that are in there. Well, they could have done a believable one, let's be real, but <laughs> they weren't going to do a believable heat. Um, yeah, it was, the, and then at one point, there was a restart. Like, you know, there was some some momentum. There was one part where Shawn Michaels and uh, Keith Roberson wasn't on the same page again. Yeah, and it just came to a restart and they just locked up. Yeah. And I'm like, that. there's no momentum in the match now. And it was it was weird for me. So I only have bullet points in this match because I kept going in and out of it because there was no momentum, right? Yeah. It, um, I know. Here's my bullet points. Uh, Paul Diamond leveled one of the executioners with a close Oh, line. I know. He took his head off, man. <laughs> That was great. Oh, was my awful. gosh. Uh, Diamond does a deadlift butterfly suplex on the Blue Knight because the Blue Knight's terrible. Yeah. Uh, the crowd is deafening. <laughs> like, just massively loud for everybody. And the, um, this was crazy because the, I guess because the Rockers and over and Pat and Paul, they're getting back over. But the Rockers are really over. Yeah, but they were cheering for Everyone. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they were true for um, Paul too. The the Blue Knights love handles at one point are fighting as tights. <laughs> I never heard that before. I never heard. He's like he keeps trying to pull his tights up, and then his tights will ride down, his love handles will pop out. <laughs> he's a jobber to his tights. <laughs> well, so whoever the Blue Knight is, like I said, is about five seven. He's probably 200 pounds of never worked out, never tan. And he's got like this long blonde hair out from under his mask. And he is bad. <laughs> Very bad. Um, Keith Roberson does not look good in this match. The executioners, though, look really good. For they were, You can tell they, work, they worked out while Indies. Yeah, like, one of them takes kind of a funky arm drag, but beyond that, like, they were pretty good. Yeah, they're good for for job guys, for TV, for Memphis. They were really good. Roberson almost murdered Shawn Michaels. Was it that power slam? Or the neck breaker. Neck breaker, that's what it was. It was horrible looking. Right next to the ropes. Oh, my gosh, that's a good neck breaker. It was awful looking. I was like, ooh. And so that's like the little bit of heat, well, the second little bit of heat Sean took. And then they're like, let's just end this. Uh, the Blue Knight gets in. And then it's just double slingshot suplex, which was terrible. Yeah. Not on their part. The Blue Knight just is awful on a sandbagger. Boom. And then we get the little suplex lift splash. And it's the blue blue night away. Um, I thought they were about to like all get in the ring and have it thrown out, and I'm like, no, you beat these guys. I know, it's a, I know. Yeah, especially the blue night. You beat him. Yeah. What do you? I call that the gourd buster drop. Is that what do you? What's the actual name for it? 
That's what I put down. I have no idea. Anytime I've done it, I say I'll pick you up for a suplex and drop you. Yeah, it's like a, it's like he got he like Sean picked up Marty for a gourd buster and dropped him on top of a blue knight. Hey, hey real quick on the on the fly. Uh, we were now this will be real short, but we're at, we're in class uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm running I'm running a tag match on the fly with some guys, right? Uh-huh. And. I slam one of the guys or give him a back elbow or something. I tag in the, the kid I'm tagging with. I go, hey, body slam me on him. And I'm expecting, you know, him to put me shoulders on him. Bro, <laughs> he body slammed me butt first right on dude's chest. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, time out, time out. I go, hey, man, you just murdered him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How bad it hurt the kid on the bottom? <laughs> I, not bad. He protected him. So we teach you to protect yourselves. But he, he protected himself. He said it. He said it was it was it was there though. <laughs> Dang! That's oh my gosh! Wow! That's scary. <laughs> oh me! So that was so they that was that match. Uh, and I looked on thing. There was still like almost ten minutes. Left I'm like, what are the I was like, sure it's not gonna be two out of three falls. And No, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, they're coming back for another fall of this card. I know, because there's like almost there's almost ten minutes left. And I was like Why why did why didn't they just let this match like if they need to kill time, because I'll, I'll skip ahead a little bit. We we get Lance and Dave killing time yeah, is what cut, we get at the yeah, end they, of the show. They, they cut the break and they come back Lance over the desk and like I said, there's like ten minutes when they come back from the break and it's like Okay, what are we doing? And then they go, so they run down the two big angles from today, the uh, salsa angle and the hanging angle. And, and yeah. they do them in slow-mo to kill extra time. Yeah, it's, they're, they're just trying to string it out. I'm thinking, you know, what could they have booked instead of that eight-man with, with the people they had in it? But, Anything. Huh? Anything. But I was thinking, there's really no heels, because they, you don't, you, you don't want Jagger. I mean, um, um, uh, what's his name, um, Hector and, and Manny out there, because it'll kill their heat. Uh, you can't have uh, Funk out there because it'll kill his heat from early. You know what I'm saying? Only person who really had it was Jaggers, you know, because T.J. Khan hadn't got there yet. Because the you know the delay on the studio and, and the house shows, um, so they, there was no really no heels left, was there? No, no, not not really. Well, um, actually, there they, was. They could have stretched this out though. They could have they could have went two out of three. Hold on. What about hey Bass and Fergie didn't work? No, yeah, you're right. Because when we came back for the eight man, uh, Bass and Fergie. We're out by the ringside and running back. Yeah. So that, cause, yeah, because... Uh, but I, I knew they weren't well, going to be in it because Carl Fergie had his jeans on. Yeah, he had his jeans on, yeah. So I'm thinking, what the crap? is? Was one of them hurt? To, I I don't know. It was just weird. And they, let, and, and they had to kill time, so they let a job match go 10 minutes. And... Then came back and still had more time to, you know, it's just really odd. 
I, I will say this though, uh, Lance having to kill time got my second second awkward Lanceism of the day. What was it? Lance was describing the eight man tag as full of stiffy action. He said spiffy action. Stiffy. Oh, stiffy. <laughs> I did not catch that. Holy. Lance was on one today. Stiffy action. What the crap? Yeah, I mean, I, and I went back and listened to it, and that's what I got every time was stiffy action. You know, I was thinking, well, they had the RPMs, but they left. So, I'm trying to, I guess there's just nobody on the roster, is there? Not for this TV, no. I just, I just kind of wonder why Bass and Fergie. Surely they, well, you gotta. Well, there was my. You think about it though. There's 30 minutes of TV we don't see. So did they work on the 30 minute Memphis part? That's what I'm assuming. They worked, yeah, because they worked early on it, and they were they had gotten dressed halfway and come. But man, whoever I'm wondering, well, they always say that. When Jarrett booked the TV, he'd do it most of the time on the way down. He'd book, you know, he'd have his main stuff already going, but then he'd book everything around it. They, I think he booked his, they booked this in, in a corner and had just had to put that on the, you know, that uh, was the main event. But gosh, it was something. I, I will say that the Rockers looked like they. I've gotten used to the smaller rings now. Yeah, after yeah, after about a, you know, three weeks, they've I think they've realized they can't do a lot of that stuff. Especially that that old AWA ring was a, was a big twenty footer. Yeah. Especially the the TV the the um, showboat one, um, in the in the Coliseum and uh, I'm pretty sure Nashville Nashville was eighteen. I do believe. Um, do you know that Nashville Nashville's sports ring ring? You know who got that ring? Who? Porter. Huh. Mike Porter got that ring. I didn't know that. Uh, a couple years ago at the uh, reunion, Jimmy Smith told me about it. That um, the city, I mean the state, uh, they took it. I guess I guess the last people on on the promotion USWA, I guess they owed money for the rent, uh, so they took the ring. Um, he said that he told Porter, or you know, the state had it, and they went down there. It was in uh, at the state warehouse, and they bought it off the state. And I want to say that was an eighteen foot ring. I'm trying to think, yeah, it should have been. I think it was eighteen. You worked at Porter's Ring a lot. You, that was, you think it was 18? Was that one that he had, like, forever? The National Ring? It was, I know it was the one he had when he was first started promoting in the early 2000s. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's the same ring I worked in. Okay. Um, but I know Buzz Up has... And I can let him know that tidbit. He'll probably pop for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was 18-foot. But yeah, I didn't know it. Like I said, until a couple of years ago, Jimmy Smith told me. Uh, I see, Jimmy Smith worked. He worked for Nick. 
works for Jarrett's and everything, and worked for Burt and worked for, worked for Port. He worked basically everybody that's running the fairgrounds back in the day. He always, he was you know work, he was national. He was the uh, guy, the dude. I call him the uh, the do alls. You know they do the ring, the announcing, just whatever they needed for that night. Yeah. And um, he did. I know because when I was going to the sports arena, Jim Smith did the announcing, and uh, for the Jarrett's. But uh, he he'd been around. The fairground, you know, worked the fairgrounds for years and years and years. But yeah, that's a little tidbit. But so how did we get there? Oh, Rocker's working the the smaller studio ring. <laughs> but I don't know. I just that, that whole last match just seen. I think, like I said, I think he, whoever's booking it, booked herself in a corner, where they they had to use those guys. Um. Uh, like I say, I don't. Because you can't take the heat off all those angles, and you don't want to put, it looks stupid to, you, you couldn't bring the RPMs back after it left, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, whoever booked it, just booked that, they booked themselves in, in a corner, basically, I think that's what happened. But the, the show overall, man, I thought it was really good. It had a really good flow to it. Uh, it. It didn't feel like I watched a 50-minute show. No. Cause it, it, felt, it felt 30 at the most. It flowed really, really well. The slowest part uh, was that match. The the eight-man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, all, like I said, that's the only thing I didn't really care for. But, like I said, I, now if I'm thinking about it, they had no choice. Cause they, they ran so many hot angles. You... You couldn't take nobody, you know what I'm saying? That's your main thing. Because, I mean, you think about it, though. How many of these, most of these eight-man, six-man, will they last? You know, oh, there's not, they're just thrown together five. anyway, you know? Yeah. So, I'm thinking, there's nothing that ever comes out of them anyway, except um, you usually don't ever have a finish and run out of time. So, I, I they backed, their, they, like I said, they booked their stuff in the corner, but... At least they booked themselves in a corner on something that usually don't matter anyway. That last match, so uh, but all that other stuff was so good, it just it that it just bypasses that you know what happened because man the this whole show had everything. You had you know Hector and Manny hilarious, and then when you think this is gonna be all comedy. Oh crap! They just got serious. They just blinded Dundee, you know. And and then um, when um, Jimmy Jack felt like I said it, it something kind of got you know discombobulated and everything, but he covered up because that hanging in that corner, I think was probably the best. Because you know, when, you ever notice when they hang them in Memphis, their feet are always kicking off off the floor. Yeah. So I'm thinking that was actually probably the best hanging I've seen or that I can remember seeing on Memphis TV. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I, dude, I liked it. I thought it was different. Yeah. It was. It looked It looked like he was really getting, you know, stretched out there really good. You know, it was, it, it was better. It's actually better it happened that way because, man, it looked so good. Yeah. It was different. Um, it just kind of took a little, little, 
scenic route to get to it, but man, when it got to it, that was really good. Uh, so I really, I mean, that was some heat getting right there. And Eddie Marlin getting juice and him grabbing, trying to climb up his leg and him getting blasted. That was good emotion. Those people were, they were mad. Because, uh, you know, they, all those people remember Eddie as a, as a wrestler and everything, but he's older now, you know. And he's out there getting the stew beat out of him. It, that was good emotion, man. I think. What do you think? Oh no, I thought it was fantastic. I like. I, I give this show like I know we do a little thumbs deal. Uh, I I do it probably like one and a half. Um, and I, I just deduct the half just because like out outside of that eight man like the matches were blah. And, and I, 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 you know, three of them went three of them went a total of a minute and a half. Yeah. Combined, so you know, there, there wasn't much in, in ring to balance it out, dude. If, if they'd have gone a little longer on the other matches and a little shorter on the, this main, I probably would have gave it two thumbs up. I think what they did with those matches, uh, they don't care. The, this show, I think, was booked for two things only: was those two heat getting angles, yeah, and everything else was just filler. When they booked it. I mean, obviously, because like I said, they booked herself in the corner. Because you think about it. Uh, the uh, Rockers RPMs, I mean, yeah, they did a little something different going out to the parking lot. But usually that would have been really good. But man, these other two things are so good. That was kind of, it was almost kind of blah, you know? Yeah. Because that, I mean... These were two really good, well done segments. Would get heat, get some heat, you know. Uh, and I think that's going to help. I, I think it's good for Jimmy Jack Funk because he's trying to find himself, trying to be, you know, Terry. And and I think that right there, that that should really, you know, because Funk did, you know, he did crazy stuff in Memphis. And I think that hanging right there, I think that's going to establish him as, hey, he's really, he's a funk, you know? <laughs> Even though he's not. But you know what I'm saying? I think that really is going to establish him that, because that was, man, that was so good. So, so good. And, and they even met, there was nothing on the actual studio about the loser of the fall leaves. That wouldn't even mention, because, you know what I'm saying? Everything, I mean, you know, you said the, the car angle. The loser of the fall leaves town was basically filler for these two things because they were so, they were so, and they, gosh, they were so good, you know? Yeah, this this show was super duper solid. Like I said, if I only got a little more in ring, this would have got, you know, got everything. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's far. It's probably the best show they've had since summer. Oh, I agree a thousand percent on that. This is, it was almost like Dundee was booking. Yeah. It kind of seemed like, you know, because it was really. It was really angle driven, yeah. Yes. I mean, I know Jarrett does. It, I'm saying it was either Jarrett or Dundee booking this. It might have been Dundee booking the, uh, his his stuff and, and Jarrett booking the, the hanging probably. Because I don't know this seems like Lawler's. 
because he's not involved for one thing. <laughs> but you know, I, I I think Jerry Jerry and I think if and Dundee might Dundee might have some say so because yeah, there was it was good. No com. I mean, well the the like I said the Hector thing. It was comedy, and we thought then all of a sudden you know you, you get blinded, you know, by by the you know the. Um, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The dangerous jalapeno. <laughs> you know, but, you know what I'm saying. It just this was they really actually out of all the crappy booking we've seen since the summer, they really did. This was good, and then I just hope next week they don't drop the ball. You know. That's the thing, because if if it's good next week, I I I say Dundee's got uh, a lot of say so in the booking. Um, I, I think it's about Derry Jarrett at this time period. I think he wants, but he's not. I don't think he's he's older. He's got more stuff going on. I don't think he is puts much time into it like he should. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping that Dundee is helping him, and they keep it going. Cause man, that to to not keep it going next week is be will be awful. Cause this to have something this good, and then if they drop it, it's gonna be horrible. <laughs> so I got my fingers crossed for now. I do know next week is a studio show, uh, so uh, just hoping that they can. I mean, it's gonna—it's coming. It's gonna be hard to to um, top it, but if they really put if if Dundee and Jarrett put their heads together, they can come up with something to keep it going. So uh, I'm hoping that. Oh, I forgot uh, my notes. I forgot to say at the end here. Uh, well, they dropped oh uh, Carl Styles like a hot potato, didn't they? Oh yeah, no no mention of them. No mention, uh, nothing, no word. You know, it's like they did the, you know, it's like wow, that, you know, I need to try to find see where he went around this time period. If he went to Portland, or he went, um, yeah, because I it, that's just odd. And they they went totally away from the hair cream this week, you know. Oh yeah, they moved on the salsa. Yeah, so uh, some yeah, that that's kind of odd how the. What, yeah, I wish I had like old observers um, to look back and see what actually what happened to these. You know, you know, did, did you know Styles get fired or did he leave or you know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of when they don't, you just kind of like wonder about stuff like that, but. Yeah, they dropped that thing really quick. Uh, I, well, one thing, he couldn't talk. And no, that's the same Yeah, and to be a baby face, it just wasn't, you know. What they should have did was, they should have just did the thing and, and let him go. Because I would have, <laughs> I would have did the interview and saw that he couldn't talk and I would have never aired it and just never mentioned him again. Yeah. <laughs> just canned it. Just like, oh, you know, all right, he's, he, you know, where that's not Aaron. 
but I don't know, something happened because he was, they had that whole thing last week, but anyway, alright, um, trying to think, I don't think any, only people's coming in, I can remember, we should see Scott Hall next week, I think, or the week after, he's back from Japan, and sometime the Bruce Brothers, Ron and Don Harris start, as they started in December of, um, uh, of uh, 87, so they, we should see them in a couple weeks. But besides them, I don't, I don't think we'll get any, there's going, I don't think there'll be any new, more new talent coming in. So, uh, and it's getting December where they usually uh, back down on their booking, so I'm thinking they might be, uh, uh, these hot angles to, uh, to, uh, Bump the um, territory for the hol for Thanksgiving holiday, which usually is a uh, good time for territories back then for the territory, uh, and then they usually kind of die down till Christmas, and they usually have a big Christmas show, and then they usually start back over early January, mid January. Usually, sometimes with a new crew, they start changing up a lot of people. I know, so, um, so there's not there be much just you know. They're just probably this is probably the last really big angle, two angles of the year probably. So, be interested to see how they go with them though. All right, is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. Okay, I was there was something I was gonna say. I should have wrote. It. I know I should have wrote it down. I thought about it the other night, and I was I was, I was like, "Dead gummit, I gotta write." I got like fifty notepads. And pens laying around to write stuff down, and I always forget. I don't know why I do that. It's like oh, I always tell myself I can remember it, and what happens? I can't remember it. There was something. Oh, I know what it was. You remember? Uh, they said that uh, Steve Armstrong tore his rotator cuff. What was his rotator yeah. cuff? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Well. Um, and then, you know, Tracy's gone. I told I said, Tracy, I think, went to Continental. I actually found some Continental results, finally, from 87. They uh, From um, November of 87. And it's got Tracy and Steve Armstrong down there. So, you remember, I, told, I said before, I couldn't find it on Steve Armstrong until the summer of 88. Um, well, for some reason, you can't find any Continental results from 87 all, but yeah, end of 80, from like mid-87 all the way up uh, to like summer of 88, because uh, that, that's when they had that, when they got bought out by um, that Woods guy, he bought the Fuller's, he bought Fuller out, for some reason it's hard to, they still ran, but it, I can't, it's really hard to find anything on the internet, which is crazy, but I've, but I finally found some results, and there. So, he, I think he did. He did. I don't think he got hurt. I think he just left, and went back to Continental. So, but that's where him and Tracy are at. So, that's what it was. I knew I'd remember it. I said, usually remember after we get off here, but yeah. So um, that's where Tracy was at, and uh, uh, I think that's all I got for this week. Great show. Well, not the podcast. Because people are like, yeah, whatever, dude. But the the, the 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 wrestling show was good. 
podcast probably it's the verge still out on that. We're trying, you know. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of stuff because every time I get off here, I always think of stuff I should have said. But okay, I don't worry about it because that would be I'm I'm just gonna sit here and ramble if I don't get off here. Cause that's what I do. I do. I'll sit here for another ten minutes, going, huh, huh, what? Well, anyway, all right. So this show is in the books. Take a fork in it. We're done. And I'm sorry. I just looked at the TV, and the, there's a guy. <laughs> this dude that works for Metro Government talking about the COVID thing looks dead like the Jarrett from Subway guy. Oh God! I know. I was like, what's that look like? I was like, is that Jeff from Subway? I was like, oh, he's in prison. Anyway, I'm sorry, people. <laughs> All right. For Jeremiah Plunkett and Quint Charisma, hey, that's me. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Bye-bye, everybody.